Hi, it's Andy, and welcome to the Hills Church Podcast. Our hope is that this will help your life and inspire your faith. Thanks again for checking us out. Hey, this is what the Bible says. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you have one. Matthew chapter 27. I'm going to read verse 57 to 61. I think the words, yes, they are, Nathan, and you've got a little rock and everything going on there are on the screen. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Somebody say, disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that he be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. Let me pray really quick if that's okay with you. God, we thank you for your word. We pray, God, that you would speak to us this morning, that we would hear what you want to say in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Hey, I've been studying this guy, Joseph Arimathea, this week. Um, It's been something that's cropped up in my devotions, and hence the fact that we're getting this message today. I think this is a fresh word from God this Sunday. Are you ready for that? God, God, I think, has a word for me, word for you, and if you're listening to this podcast, a message that you need to hear directly from God. And I looked at Joseph's life, and the reality is this, there's actually a, so much in the Bible, it blows my mind. Even this guy, Joseph of Arimathea, he's not overly mentioned that much in Scripture, and next weekend, we're going to be talking about Jesus the light, and uh, almost uh, this almost leads into it, and springboarding on, hey, how good was Nathan last Sunday? It was, it was a great message, and, uh, but, but, but Joseph of Arimathea, there's a lot to unpack in his life, but I just want to take out a little bit of it for this morning, because it is an incredible story. Perhaps sometime we'll even do a collection of talks based on this guy's life. There's a guy called Tom Wright that elaborates on what was going on in this passage of Scripture, because it's recorded in all the Gospels. Joseph of Arimathea, he's the guy who rocks up and he is one of the Sanhedrin. Basically, he was one of the local council. Uh, He was the guy who called the shots in the community. Uh, He rocks up and asks Pharaoh for Jesus' body. He was, Scripture records it as, in one of the other translations, as he was a secret disciple. But not until this stage, because the truth is, Jesus had a lot of people around him, but I think it's pretty remarkable, because Joseph is the one guy who stood up and said, hey, I'm going to go and get Jesus and do what tradition does, take his body down, and even says that he put him in his own tomb. It wasn't someone else's tomb, it was this guy, Joseph, had his own tomb assigned for him, and he places Jesus' body in it. So up until here, he is a secret disciple, and the truth is, if he had a came out, said he was involved with Jesus, that would have caused possibly death or certainly extreme punishment. So what we really have here this morning, what we're really talking about is we're talking about a guy who took a massive risk. But in these next few moments, I, I want to I say this to you this morning, it's on the screen, if you're listening to this message and podcast, there is reward in the risk. Somebody say, reward in the risk. You see, I grew up in Dunamana, and everybody say Dunamana. And if you're from China and you're listening to this message and podcast, Dunamana is a massive place. It's huge. If you blink, you'll miss it. So I grew up in the countryside. I loved it. We're building a house again in the countryside. Victoria even has created an Instagram page for it if you want to check it out. But anyway, slowly but surely, we're going to have a house in the country. Uh, But we grew up in the country. We were mental. We were mad. And all of a sudden, God has blessed me with two sons who are equally mad. And um, 
Uh, well, definitely one of them, but I'm not going to name them because that's not fair. Uh, they're good. Uh, but the truth is, we were under, under trikes. Nowadays, trikes are illegal, I think. Three-wheeler ATVs. Anyone else? Uh, and we were all about the trikes. God bless my parents. They got us even an engine go-kart when we were way too young to have an engine go-kart. It was hilarious. Some of the stories I could tell you. This girl, Catherine, came one day, jumped in the go-kart. She welded her foot to the throttle, and she didn't stop till the thing ran out of petrol. Luckily speaking, it ran out of petrol about 500 yards from the house. She'd have been in South Armagh if the thing had kept going. So we were, we were about wild as young boys, no doubt. Risk takers, I was the risk taker. I was always called the stunt man. I had a stunt helmet. So anything that had to be done, I always wore my stunt helmet. And um, it was a great helmet, and uh, it protected me from a lot, I can tell you. I'm almost 40 years of age, and my mother and father are starting to hear stories that they never knew. And they're in this room. Judah and Ralph will tell us stories we tell when we are 40, that we are, when they are 40, that we never knew. And hopefully that they are there to tell the stories, because frankly, I'm not sure how I'm still here to tell some of the stories. But we had a trike, and our neighbors used to come up, the logs, and we were always running about, and we had a trailer. And we had this thing going on that we, the boy, my, my brother David was the more cautious of the two of us. John was eight years younger. My sister wasn't really as much into it. Um, John, J John was a little bit too young because he was probably a baby. And um, we were we were on the boat and we had a, we had a trailer, so we covered the trailer with plywood so you'd get in. And so I stuffed the boys into the little trailer under the plywood. You know those little standard six by four trailers. We 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 like tied the wood to the top of it so they were covered in that. And we used to drive around the feed the lunatics, and they thought this was amazing. But up on our hill, we have two fields, and it's still there to this day. And between the two fields, there's a gate. And there's like a thing that we, we, we later understood in life that it was a jump. As a matter of fact, we used to have a 205 and we used to line each other out. We used to line each other's bodies out and see how many people we could jump in the 205. But how we discovered this amazing jump was by pure risk. Because what we realized was that I could go up to the top field, turn around, because the trike was a little bit underpowered and a little bit under grippy. And I could get a good run. And by the time I'd get to the gate, I'd be in full fleet. And we could get the trike and the trailer and the whole thing airborne. And the boys had a great thrill because they got bounced in the back of the trailer. And a near-death experience at every single time. So the truth is, I had convinced the boys that the trike was fully airborne. And the trailer was fully airborne. And they wouldn't believe me. So I said, okay. I thought to myself, who's the next weakest link? The biggest idiot next down for me was Aiden. I said, Aiden, here's the deal. I'll wear the helmet because it's my stunt helmet, I'll lie down on the ground, you do what I did, and you'll jump over me. Sure thing, no problem, Andy. I was like, great. So the boys go up the field, come down the field at full pelt, and I'm lying there as confident as kid out, not, after they thought I was about to die, and the trike, and the trailer, and the thing jumped over me, and the boys jumped out of the back of the thing, and we had a celebration like Liverpool won in a football match. It was unbelievable. It was like we hugged, we kissed, I don't know what we did, and I had a helmet on, I was getting hugged and everything, and everyone was with tears of joy, and my brother Davey, God bless him, it was sort of crying, because I think he was thinking Andy was going to die. But the truth is, then it grew us, because we discovered that this was our jump, and that became our launch pad for stealing my grandest car, my dad's 205, and him and my mother would go anywhere. They couldn't leave keys about our place, because everything was taken, and raced around the back roads, up to the lane, up to the top of the field, and jump this jump. I'm pretty sure we could got five, six foot of air in this jump. It was hysterical. But the truth is, we got that massive reward because of Andy's risk.
You see, the truth is, when we look at the life of Joseph of Arimathea, and I look at his life, and we boil it down, and we could draw so much from it, from his life, to be honest, and even looking at what Tom Wright says, even this morning, I was up and up, up, we have a little place upstairs, and I was just checking it out, I was rereading it again, the, the reality is this, Joseph took a massive risk, but the truth is, he got great reward, you see, in life, I don't know about you or how you live, but are you a risk taker? You see, I don't know what story you want to tell, but when I read the story of Jesus, and I know he had 12 disciples, isn't it funny it wasn't one of his 12 disciples that lifted his body at the cross and took him to a tomb? It was this randomer who was willing to take a risk. You see, he risked public humiliation. He risked, he, the Bible says he was a rich man. So, hey, following Jesus got nothing to do with poor or anything else. Hey, rich need Jesus too. We all need Jesus. Jesus has a plan and purpose for each and every single person on planet Earth. Would you believe that this morning? He's got a plan and he's got a purpose for you. But Joseph took a risk and through taking that risk got a tremendous reward. Because I don't know about you, but I don't know what people want to remember you as or what you want to be remembered as. But I don't know about you this morning, but I certainly want to be remembered as someone that had the confidence to take a risk for God. I want to remember that the guy like Joseph of Arimathea, who's remembered for the guy that took Jesus off the cross and buried him in the tomb. Anyone else? So the truth is this morning, I think what God's really asking me this morning and us this morning is, what do we want from our life? Do, what, what, what do we want out of this thing called life? Because trust me, she's going fast. The one thing you'll know about life is it's, it's going forward. True? It's like a blink. I mean, how did my kids, Gamble, get to he's going to school? You know, one thing you'll teach, teaches me about parenting is the days, well, particularly the nights, are long, but the years are short. True? So the truth is, I'm a person who took risks, and I'm, on 20th of February of 2008, I gave my life to follow Jesus. I started a personal, authentic relationship with Jesus Christ, and I can tell you this morning, if you know anything about me, God changed my life. He changed the trajectory, he changed the direction, and he changed my purpose. I realized, it took me until I met Jesus to realize that my true purpose was, because it's in Jesus I love, and it's through him, it's in Jesus I was made, and it's through him that I love. You see, Jesus has a plan and a purpose for each and every single person on planet Earth, including Joseph of Arimathea, and including you. You see, there's nothing else about Joseph of Arimathea after this. That's it, we don't hear the rest. And the truth is this morning, as follower of Jesus, if there was nothing else to Jesus this morning, if there was nothing else to follow in Jesus, it was worth it to take the risk. Because the truth is, we don't hear much else about Joseph of Arimathea, but we know this, that he was the guy who took Jesus' body down, and he took it not to a tomb, but took it to his own tomb. It's not pretty cool to be remembered by this morning. So the truth is, what do you want your life to look like? Because life is short, folks. Life is moving forward. It's a blink of an eye. It's okay, it's just a baby who's crying. You're doing good, Adele. Isn't it good to see children in church? Yes, it is. I'm going to take a drink. But what do you want from your life? We'd never have discovered that that was a jump because the truth is it doesn't really look like a jump. Even now my dad's going, that's not a jump. That's just two entrances into a field. No, Billy, your sons risk their lives daily on that jump. We never would have discovered the reward if we'd never taken the risk. Poor Eilandy put himself on the ground and allowed three teenagers to jump over the top of me in a one-two-five trike with a trailer. 
I did have a helmet on. Risk. Risk. What do you want your life to look like? What do you want from the next? What do you want from the rest of this thing? What, what do you want? Like, what, what, what do you want from your life? What do you want to be remembered by in your life? And the reality is this morning, and the incredible encouragement is, you have control to how that looks like. You see, the same power that conquered the grave lives inside me and lives inside you. You see, Jesus came. Next weekend, we're going to talk about him being the light. Because I hear a lot of darkness, and I hear a lot of stuff about darkness. Hey, where Jesus is, there cannot be dark. Where there is light, there cannot be darkness. You see, we hear this whole thing about his story, and, and we hear it, and we, we follow. The, the truth is, Jesus came to planet Earth for me and for you. You are not an accident. It is not by accident that you're here this morning. It's not by accident that you just happened to jump in this podcast. It's not by accident that you're here today. It's not by accident. You are designed. You see, the Bible even says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And then the truth is, God has a plan for us, and we are called to be his disciples. And I have not got it written down on me right now because my phone, he is using the timer. But this guy defines what a disciple is, and I did not write it in my notes why did I not do that? But maybe I shouldn't be saying it this morning, so it's all good. But we are called to follow Jesus, to be his disciple. And it says, this guy quotes it, we are to become like Jesus. But the truth is, in order for us to become like Jesus, there's some things that we have to sacrifice and give up. And I don't know about you, but I think Joseph was a guy who gave up his reputation. He gave up his thing. He gave up his stuff. The truth is, there are some things that you've got to give up to follow Jesus. And often it's just like, hey, sometimes for many of us, it's like, what step do you need to take to enter into relationship? Because Jesus is actually calling us into relationship. And the lovely thing and the incredible thing that I love about Jesus, and I learn from his scripture, and we learn from his model and how he does it, and to become a disciple, it's not religion. Because you see, religion will try and change your personality. How many of us, we are sick and so and tired in the northwest of anywhere else on planet Earth, and religion, we're done with it. Because it tries to change your personality. It tries to make a group of people to fit what a person should look like. And the truth is, you, you as a person should look like you. You see, you should look the way you are. The way you're made right now in design is amazing. Isn't it? It's okay. You're not a misfit. You don't stick out. You're you, so be you. And that's a different message for a different day. But this is, what, this is what I define relation, discipleship down to is authentically having a relationship with Jesus because what Jesus really does is he refines your purpose. And he doesn't want your personality change. He just wants your energy and where it's going to change. Because the truth is Andy Gamble is Andy Gamble. It's all duck or no dinner with me. That's who I am. And I can't change it anymore. And guess what? I'm not trying. But the more I pursue Jesus and the more I pursue my relationship with him, the more I become like Jesus and the better everybody is in our house and all around me. You see, because the truth is, whenever I start to follow Jesus more and I press unto him, I read more of his word, I pray more, I connect more, I worship more. How good was worship again this morning in church? Let's give them a wee cheer. You see, it's something about just getting into the presence of God. It will always change my perspective. It will always change how I feel, how I, how I see life, and how I look at things. And the truth is, following Jesus is not about a religion because a religion will try and change my personality, and a relationship will champion my personality and channel my direction in life and fundamentally make me a better person, a better husband, a better dad, a better, better all-around person, and fulfill my God-given purpose. And the same is for you. 
And the more you follow Jesus, and the more you connect unto him, and the more risk you take for God, he will never leave you hanging. Because how many of us knows there is a risk for relationship? You see, a few years ago, I met a girl, and her name was Victoria. Let's give you the backdrop of me and Victoria. Here we go. Victoria, I didn't tell you this. Everybody sitting down. On a warm summer's evening. On a train bound for... Oh. <laughs> That's just weird. Well, it kind of was weird because here's the reality is this. Victoria, when I met her, she was 17. And I was 27. In some countries, that would be jail. But the truth is, the bottom line, I started Bible college and I, I didn't get it. I, I couldn't get study. I left school the, 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 the sooner than I liked, I suppose. Maybe that would be the proper pronunciation. I did not like the place and I lie to my kids every day now and I say, school's the best day of your life. I hated the place. I'm sorry. All your school teachers out there, you're amazing. I just didn't get on with you that well at school. But anyway, we're not even going to go there. started studying, I was struggling, and Victoria's parents were kind of helping. I actually think when I started church, Victoria's parents were assigned to me. That's kind of who Andy was. You know, like, there you do. we need someone assigned to this guy. He's so crazy. Uh, no one really knew how to handle me, and uh, I don't think anyone still does. My mother's rolling around. He's going like, well, nobody knows how to handle me, so whatever. Uh, but, but the truth is, uh, Victoria and I were, like, she was helping me, and one night, one night she just said, hey, we've got to pray about this, and when she prayed, I said this word to myself, I want to marry a woman like that. That's what I said. And then I looked at myself and I went like, well, why don't I just marry her? But the truth is, I knew there was huge risk in this relationship. Because John and Margaret were her mom and dad. I was 10 years older than her. And still am, by the way, Victoria. <laughs> I've got sore knees. That's why you have to come down the stairs more often. We moved from a one or two bedroom flat to like a seven bedroom old farmhouse. It's like a mar we, we run a marathon every day just to go to the toilet. Our bedroom's 19 doors on the left and seven stories high. It's like, seriously. It's not that big. I'm just having a crack. There's no mice on it though, so we're all good. Got those wee mice things in about 750 sockets in the house. Our electric bill is 900 pounds a month just to keep them going. It's one of my readiest mice day around our house. So I, had, I knew I had risk, but I knew there was relationship. I just knew it. So I was like, I just said to Victoria one day, I like you, I know you like me, and we're going to get married. <laughs> if anybody in this room, all you people out there who are 19 and that kind of genre and on TikTok and all cool and vibe, you're looking at me now, you're going like, you're weird, right? <laughs> yes, you are. Probably like, you know, TikTok video of me right now. It's probably like, you know, whatever. You have a mask on with an X on or whatever. Squid game. Nobody's heard that before, I know. Especially you know, Christians have never watched that. And then I had to go and tell our parents, hey, by the way, I'm about to date your daughter. But the truth is, there was reward in the risk. Because that woman's my wife now. We've got two wonderful kids. We've got to plant an amazing church together. We've got to see things that we thought we'd never ever see before. We're doing things we never thought we could do before. True. At least Victoria's agreeing in a way. <laughs> you see, there's reward in the risk. There is reward in 
the risk. You see, we have a relationship. We design, we, we pursued a relationship. And I've said this weeks before, and it's kind of weird because I'm bringing it up again, but Victoria accepts me for who I am. She champions me in what I, what I am and sometimes pull me back in what I'm not. And that's the same as God. You see, God wants a relationship with me and he wants a relationship with you. And listen to I tell you something now. When you walk with God, you will not miss out. You see, whenever you walk with God, sometimes you might not understand the road you're on. You might not understand why you're on the road. But I can tell you something now. There is always a war ward from following Jesus. Is there any other Christ followers out there today that would say amen or agree or clap or do something or say hello or hey? There is always reward in following Jesus. Hey, Jesus might not give you too much, but he will never let you run dry. You take a risk for God, he will always have a reward for you. You take a step out for God. So I want to ask you as we close this message this morning, I cannot believe we're 22 minutes real. How did we get there? I think you're fast forwarding that. Go on ahead, John, for the crack. You can dance behind me. Now oh, you're up on it. You're dead on. We're warm. Sure, grand. You see, what risk do you need to take today? You see, can I ask you a question? Maybe you're, maybe, you're, maybe you're single today. Maybe you need to take a risk and pursue a relationship. Hey, maybe are you married today and your marriage has gone stale? Maybe you need to take a risk and take your wife out on a date. We're going out tonight. We're actually going to a fashion show tonight. Random, but sure, it's about a crack. I don't even know what that's going to be like tonight, just so you know that. <laughs> I apologize in advance. Maybe life's just got steel, though. Maybe life's got mundane. Maybe life's got normal. You just need to take a risk. Maybe life's just got, like, oh, bland. Anyone else, sometimes life just gets bland. Like week go by week, day goes by day. All of a sudden, you're 10 years down the road, and you're not even sleeping in the same bedroom anymore. course never ends in a tra- car crash. It ends up with a distant happened and got led away. Handling's never happened again. It starts with a small thing. And, but the truth is you, you have a power to change the trajectory of what's going on in your life with God's help. Like, you see, Joseph of Arimathea was a secret disciple. Nobody knew his faith. One decision overnight, he's out in the open. Maybe as a Christian, you think, and you're looking down at Andy, and you're seeing me jumping about here like a bunny rabbit. Trust me, this is just who I am. It's my personality type. But God is incredible this morning. Do you agree with me? God is amazing. God is good. God is faithful. God is for you. And the Bible says when God is for you, no one can be against you. God is good. Jesus is the light of the world. We're going to hear about it next Sunday. Bring a friend. He's good. He's for you. No one can be against you. But you've got to take a risk. You've got to take a risk. Maybe coming here this morning was just you taking a risk. And you're freaking out that your kids are over there. Listen, your kids are over there having a blast and learning as well about Jesus. World changers over there. They're not kids. They're kings. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. But you need to take a risk. Hey, you're not seeing favor in your life. Well, you're not seeing generosity in your life. I want to ask you, are you being generous? You're, you're not seeing God come through in finances. I've got to ask you are, you, are you, are you tithing? Are you taking that step? Are you giving? 
Are you being, are you, I'm not seeing, uh, my relationship with Andy's gone stale. I've, I, I, my relationship with God's gone stale. Are you reading your, have you taken a risk of reading your Bible maybe? Take, maybe, maybe this week looks like opening up God's Word every day and reading a verse. you got the Bible app. It's just an app that you download. Click in Bible. It'll be the first app. It's called version. They send you a verse every day. Every day, I make sure I just read that one verse. If I do nothing else, at least I got something on me. Because it's a word. It's a light unto our feet. It's a lamp, the Bible says. You see, as your relationship goes and staying with your spouse, with, your, with a friend, hey, maybe you just got to shoot them a text and take a risk and go, hey, you know what? Last night I was humming in hand to Victoria. I'm the pastor of this church. And I was thinking that I shouldn't text someone and invite them to church. Huh? Something wrong with my head. I says, mate, just inviting you to church. No drama if you don't want to come. Hey, all good. I don't think he's in church. But so what? At least he took a risk. I said to Victoria last night, we're going out tonight, and we're going to a fashion show, because <laughs> Ronan's hosting a fashion show in a salon, and I think it's just going to be a bit of crack. I'm going to go for dinner afterwards, have a good night out. It's friendship, it's life, it's job. Maybe, maybe, maybe right now you're bored stuff in your job, and it's not fitting you. Take a risk and get another job. It's not going to be the end of the world. I spoke to someone the other day and they said, but Andy, I'm in business and I want to borrow another loan. What happens if it blows up? You're going to go bankrupt. Sure, all right. Big deal. Build another bridge. Move on. I said, so what? At least you had the confidence to take the chance. John Gamble, my brother, told me about 10 years ago that he was going to go to Switzerland to see this guy that would turn cow dung into electricity. I laughed out loud and rolled around the carpet. Farms electricity now. Does sound a bit crazy, I'm not going to lie. Still kind of does. I see people taking risks for God and it's incredible to see people. You look at, I look out and I see you standing here, married, on fire for God, doing things. I can start name dropping, not going to do it. It's incredible, isn't it? Take a step for God, and he will take a step with you. Hey, thanks again for checking out the Hills Church podcast. Hey, if this message has inspired or encouraged you in any way, why don't you share it with a friend? Hi, as well as that, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. at the Waterside Theatre, and we'd love to see you at one of our services. But hey, thanks again for checking out the podcast. Why don't you subscribe to our channel?